tomorrow, only on Disney Plus. My name is Taylor. Welcome to the Eras Tour. Experience Taylor Swift's record-breaking Eras Tour. Swift, the Eras Tour, Taylor's version, with four additional acoustic songs. Streaming tomorrow, only on Disney+. Plus. If you want to listen to this episode or any of our episodes ad-free, you can do that now. Head on over to Patreon. Click on the ad-free level. You get all of our bonus shows that you've been hearing so much about. Plus, every single day, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, you can listen to this episode or any of our other episodes at the same time, ad-free, over on Patreon. everyone this is david welcome back behind the velvet rope let's just get right into it today because we are joined by the one the only nicole miller hi what is going on where are you today in the world well i'm in my office today and um it's kind of a gray day in new york but um I know we're busy making um, an outfit for a country western singer and hopefully she'll wear it to the CMAs. So I'm excited about that. What country western singer? Uh, Juna of Juna and Joey. It's a brother and sister duo. And she is like so adorable. So they're really fabulous. So it's been an exciting, fun project. Nice. Well, it is a gray day in New York, but I have to tell you, I am literally, this is my second day back in New York. I have been at my Sag Harbor residence for the past five months. So I think of you when I'm in Sag Harbor. I'm in Sag Harbor too. I know. That's why I'm bringing it up. Because I mean, we have, don't you just love splitting your time between New York and Sag Harbor? Yeah, it's the best. It is the best. I'll see you at Bilbo K or Dopo or one of those places. (laughs) Those are the good ones. Biblo K, Dopo, and Tudo. Those, those are my three favorites. Always good, yeah. Well, look, you're in your New York office. That's a far cry from, you know, where you grew up in Texas, Fort Worth. I mean, growing up, was it always fashion for you? Like, did you think you wanted to do anything else with your life? Yeah, I, I, I actually didn't grow up in Texas. I lived there when I was little, and we moved to San Francisco, and then we moved back to New England. Oh, so, wow. All my like school years were pretty much in Massachusetts. Nice. But, um, but so my mother was from Paris um, and she sort of really did not understand American culture too much. <laughs> I wasn't very fond of it. So she was always trying to Frenchify the household and everything. And she got me French fashion magazines from Paris. So she always had subscriptions to French magazines. So I grew up with them around me all the time. And that's kind of where it started. I was obsessed. I would just live for that, you know, French Marie Claire coming, you know, <laughs> coming to the house and I would just go over it page after page after page. And uh, yeah, and it was great. I was glad I had that French connection. Also, we grew up speaking French. And uh, so it, w- it was good to have that, that side. 
So when was the first time, like in your career, like, you know, so you knew you wanted to pursue this, like, when was the first time where you kind of said, wait, I think I could actually make a living at this? Well, um, the thing is, I was, I mean, I always made my own clothes and I always sewed and everything, but I was always obsessed with models. So I was like, oh, I'm going to be a model, you know? So, and everybody always told me I was going to be tall, right? So, you know, I'm checking my height every day and it's just like, you know, five, two, five, three, five, four. And that, and I'm like, Hey, wait a minute. Where's, where's the five, seven, where's the five, eight. I mean, you didn't have to be five, 10 in that those days. I could have made it to five, five, seven, but anyway, and I go, Oh, I got to switch gears. I've got to do something else. So anyway, self fashion, love of clothes. I go, okay, can't be a model. I'll be a designer. So <laughs> I think I decided, decided that when I was about, you know, 15, Wow. And I just, I was always just very focused. That was what I was going to do. And then you had your first shop on Madison in the mid eighties, you know, talking about New York city, yes. you know, like how much does like, like does New York, you know, like did that influence you in your early designs? Like, does it influence, you now? like how much does the city influence what you do? Well, I mean, I have a lot of influences and I have to say some of my collections have been completely New York city inspired, but I've been inspired by, you know, other cultures and old movies and, and vintage clothes and art. So there's, um, I mean, furniture, architecture, a lot of different things. So I, I, I get inspiration from everywhere, but I feel like being in New York, you're in the hub and there's so much energy and activity and, you know, we have theater here and, you know, obviously, you know, clubs and concerts and all kinds of things. So I feel like I'm always very energized by the city. Very energized. Is there, I mean, you've done so much in your career. Is there like, you know, a one, you know, one or two highs where you're just like, wow, you know, like a collection you're really proud of or just something that sticks out in your mind where you're like, this one was just, you know, like a difficult collection, but then we released it and you're like, wow, this is so great or just a high. Well, you know, I always look to my first fashion show because I didn't start having fashion shows until we'd been in business. Let's see, we opened in 82 and my first fashion show was in 1990. So we were in business like eight years before we had a fashion show. And then the first year I had a fashion show, I had Linda Vangelista, I had Christy Turlington, I had you know Naomi Campbell, I had um, Yasmin Laban and Gail Elliott and Veronica Webb. I had all these, like I had all the superstars in my show. So that show was killer. It was amazing. And I always loved that collection. And what's crazy is people still borrow from that collection to this day. People are always borrowing those clothes. That's not a bad way to start for your first show with like Linda Evangelista <laughs> and Naomi and all of the above. No, it was great. And then, um, you know, then the next season, I was anticipating getting all those girls again, and I could have, except my show was on the same day as Anne Klein that year, and they booked the models for the entire day, and so they wouldn't let anybody else put them in their shows that day, and had I known that, I would have just booked a different day, so, but I did keep getting those girls. I mean, Naomi was in a lot of my shows, and Christy was in a lot of my shows, and I, I think Linda was only in a couple, but most of those girls were in, in um, a lot of my shows for years. Is that really a tactic that designers do? Like, you know, where it's like, okay, you're booked for the whole day. So like, you can't do other Oh, not shows. anymore. No, no, nobody does that anymore. That's a, that was a very old school way of doing things. Yeah, it was, it was 
that was like an old fashioned idea. So I don't think anybody does that anymore, but they do sometimes have ridiculous call times where they'll make the model get there like four hours before the show. And you really don't need four hours for hair and makeup. I was going to say booking for the whole day is something I've never heard of, but then again, maybe I just don't know about it. Yeah, no, it's, that was an old school idea. And I, I think like some of the major companies would just, you know, book them for the whole day. I hope they paid them for the whole day too. <laughs> I would hope so. Right. I mean, what about like, do you have any like lows in your career or just like a collection that, you know, didn't work out kind of like the opposite, like the collection that you just kind of regretted, or are you someone that just doesn't really have regrets in life or in business? Well, no, I mean like the biggest problem I've always had is that um, we would buy too much fabric. And I say we, cause it was, you know, my company, but it was not anything that I was part of. But if we needed like 1,000 yards of fabric, somebody would buy 3,000 yards of fabric. Now, I don't know if somebody was getting paid off on the back end or not, but what would happen, even if collections sold well, I'd end up with this extra fabric. So, you know, I'm trying to reinvent the fabric, you know, I'm pleating it, I'm tucking it. I'm, and actually kind of made me more creative, <laughs> you know, having like this excess of inventory. So, I mean, that's kind of was maybe a big low point once when I was sitting with, you know, thousands of yards of, of prints that everybody had already seen and nobody wanted to see them again. So I pleaded them all up. And, you know, I, I actually invented this two-piece outfit and put it with a chunky little sweater and we chewed up all the fabric, used every bit of it. I love it. You know, when <laughs> I, I mean, that's one thing that gets everybody in trouble. And, you know, sometimes I'm walking over to Mood Fabrics and they have all this inventory and they put the designer's name on it. So there's all this inventory of other designers. And I think, you know, a lot of times they're buying very expensive fabric. So um, I don't know that that's one thing that it just comes off of the, your bottom line is, you know, buying too much fabric. What about, you know, you've worked with so many colors. Like, do you have a favorite color that you like working with or designing in? Well, I mean, I tend to like greens and blues. Um, and I like a blue that's on the purple spectrum that veers more towards like a purpley shade. And I'm always fighting people about what's blue and what's green. You know, and people go, oh, the green dress. I go, no, that's the blue dress. <laughs> or they'll call it the purple dress. I call it the blue dress. So I don't think people all see colors the same way. Um, but, um, and of course I love black. I'm always wearing black. I was gonna say, you're also known for using a lot of blacks as well. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know what? I'll tell you, that's one thing you're never stuck with. The black fabric's always gone and you're sitting there with the weird colors. You could always find a use for the black, right? Uh, yeah. Black always gets used up. What about, you know, there's so many celebrities like you've worked with and that like love wearing, you know, Nicole Miller, like Beyonce, like Tyra, M Miley Cyrus is a lover of yours. You know, talk about the relationship between like designer and celebrity. Well, you know, it's always different because a lot of celebrities have come up here and I've worked with them firsthand. And then a lot of times we've sent things, since I'm not in LA, I'm in New York, we've sent things to LA. And then I, I never even get to meet the person or work with them. And, you know, one time um, somebody came to my office and they said, oh, Angelina Jolie's wearing your dress on the cover of People magazine. And I go, well, I don't think so, because I don't think Angelina Jolie has my dress. 
And they said, no, no, it's your dress. And that was when she was and Brad Pitt were Mr. and Mrs. Smith and they were there for the premiere and she wore my dress. But our celebrity dresser in LA had sent it to a stylist with a bunch of other things and nobody knew she was going to wear the dress till she wore it, you know? And, um, and then it was on the cover, very tabloid because uh, everybody was wondering if they were ha having a thing or not. But, um, but then I did meet her afterwards. I didn't meet her when she wore the dress, but I, I subsequently met her in an event in New York and everything. And I said, oh, you made my dress so famous. She goes, oh, I love that dress. Is it that like where like if an Angelina wears it like on the cover of People or, you know, like a Beyonce goes out and is photographed and is it truly, you know, like directed towards sales where like you wake up and you're like, wait a second, this is going viral. People are ordering it. Everybody wants this now. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free to play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. Do you guys ever stop to ponder one of life's most important questions? Why are bald men so hot? Stanley Tucci, Tyson Beckford, Vin Diesel, Tay Diggs? Well, another question you should ponder is why have bald men been left with subpar options when it comes to shaving their heads? Well, that is until now. I got to tell you about Freebird. Freebird has made it easy and accessible for bald men to shave their head. No more overpriced shavers that barely work. No more expensive lotions and creams and gels. Freebird has come up with a flex series electric shaver that has five rotary blades that individually flex for a closer shave. Compared to an old school razor, the Flex Series shaves 50% more hair in a single stroke for men and women. Tis the season and we're in the holidays, so what better to get all your bald friends or get one for yourself? And Freebird is giving our listeners an exclusive discount. Visit myfreebird.com slash velvet for 20% off. That's right, myfreebird.com slash velvet for 20% off today. Using Talkspace to me makes me feel like I have a mental health professional with me at all times, and I freaking love that. Talkspace offers both therapy and psychiatry, and being able to reach out to my professional provider at any time, anywhere, makes taking care of my mental health super easy. You guys know I'm never in one place for very long and I'm so relaxed when I'm traveling and I'm away and knowing that I need to talk with my therapist, all I have to do is send a message from wherever I am. Look, therapy isn't easy, right? And dealing with mental health head on, it's a challenge at times, but connecting with my therapist isn't and shouldn't be. You can sign up online for Talkspace and you get a personalized match with, with a provider that's right for you, typically in no more than 48 hours. How great is that? And they have thousands Thousands of licensed therapists with over 40 years experience in all specialties, depression, anxiety, substance abuse, trauma, anger management, and so on. Relationship issues. As a listener of this podcast, you'll get $100 off your first month with Talkspace when you go to Talkspace.com slash velvet. To match with a licensed therapist today, go to Talkspace.com slash velvet to get $100 off your first month. That's Talkspace.com slash velvet. Has anyone else started their holiday shopping? Well, for me, it's really easy because everybody's getting a gift from lululemon.com. You guys are always asking me what's my favorite brand and it's very simple. It's lululemon.com. I wear lululemon to work out. Of course you guys know that, but I wear lululemon for everything else. They have pants, 
jackets, shoes, shirts, sweaters, need I go on? My latest obsession is their commission long sleeve shirt. It's a button down shirt. And you know, a lot of button down shirts are starchy and uncomfortable. This shirt moves, it breathes, it fits so well, and it's so freaking comfortable. So for all the men, women, and children that I'm getting gifts for this season, that's right, it's all coming from lululemon.com. So set joy in motion with the best gifts for your list this holiday season at lululemon.com. And of course, while you're there shopping for others at lululemon.com, if you want to pick up something for yourself, a belt bag, a bag, a backpack, hat, keychain, scarf, shh, I won't tell anyone. It'll just be our little secret. Lululemon.com. You know, it, it's really weird how that is, but sometimes it is and sometimes it isn't. But um, Beyonce performed once in this funky dress we made with all buttons and beads on the front. It was a really cool little dress. And that sold like crazy. Um, and the Angelina dress also sold like crazy. And But it was such a you know an obvious dress that I stopped making it because I just didn't want to make 10,000 of them. We just did two cuttings and I said, that's it. And then we made some in another color and other prints, but we, the original dress, we didn't make that many of because I just, I just, just felt it would cheapen it. Um, but you know, very often it takes off and then sometimes you get no, nothing, no buzz. And it could be the most incredible picture and she's at the Oscars or she's at, you know, some great awards show and nothing happens, but usually more happens if the dress has a pattern or something distinctive on it rather than if it's just a solid. So if it's just a plain, plain dress, you get less, less feedback. Interesting. Is there a time like what's a, an example of like a celebrity where like they wore it or it was like it was for the Oscars and you know, like it's a business, like you have such high anticipations and you're like, no, you know, no shade to the celebrity or like this just fell short of our expectations, so to speak. Well, I don't think we ever really have expectations particularly I mean we're just it's all exposure it's all good and maybe they come to the website and they bought something else you know but it's just it's just good to have your name out there and or sometimes somebody remembers that from another time that's true what about like how has the relationship between designer and celebrity changed throughout the years from when you first started (laughs) <laughs> well, I remember when we used to charge them for clothes <laughs> way back in the beginning, we, well, it's going to be like whatever. Um, but we never charge anybody for anything. I don't think anybody does. And a lot of companies pay the celebrities to wear the clothing. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, even a custom dress, you know, we rarely, we don't really charge anybody for things. Do you have a lot of situations, you know, like I would feel today, the definition of celebrity is way broader, you know, with reality TV and like influencers and like, do you have a lot of stylists? Like, how do you handle, like, if you get a call and you're like, you know, this isn't really an Angelina Jolie or a Beyonce, like, where does that line get drawn? Well, I mean, I, I mean, I leave that up to my staff and they're very discerning and you know, if they don't think it's worth our while or somebody they don't want to deal with, they don't deal with them. But I mean, I think we're very accommodating to, you know, but of course, you know, like on, on Instagram, you get so many direct messages and, you know, all these people like, oh, I'm a model, I'm a model, I'm a model, can I be in your show? And, you know, obviously, you know, I mean, the 
the type of models people are using is, is really more varied than it used to be and far more diverse and everything. But, you know, there's a lot of people that still aren't models and, and you know, still trying to reach you on Instagram and everything. Yeah. Do you like the business of fashion? You know, like, look, there's a lot of creatives, whatever it is, like music, actors, actresses. I've talked to a lot of fashion, you know, people that are running a company that just don't like the business aspect of it. Do you like that? Well, I don't like dealing with department stores and returns and fit problems and damages and overruns and inventory. I don't like that part of the business at all. I mean, that's really not fun. So, I mean, there, there are, you know, there are, I mean, it's always easy to be the new kid on the block and then you have a new business and you're not sitting with like inventory and everybody loves your first collections. And then, you know, after a few years, you're not the new kid on the block and there's like a lot of other new kids on the block. And so you're always, everybody's always reinventing themselves or trying to maintain their, you know, the, their level of uh, you know, status quo, whatever. Do you have a favorite award show? Speaking of award shows that you have dressed for, styled for, been at? I know you've attended the Oscars yourself before. Like, do you have a favorite? No, I mean, um, I, I really don't. I mean, you know, I, I like to see the awards before, you know, like the Golden Globes and the SAG Awards before the Oscars. I kind of, kind of enjoy those better. And, you know, but I love watching the music awards these days because whatever he's wearing is so insane. You know, it's just crazy. I mean, so, I mean, I find them like super entertaining. It's so that and like the MTV awards, like it's so interesting to see what people wear. Right. Yeah. The music awards, really, they're just like, you know, really exciting. So. And there's a lot more liberties you can take. And Well, back in, you know, I just remember when celebrities kind of wore like something like weird or like a little bit strange and then they would get you know just horrible press for it and so then there there was this time where everybody got very conservative and almost everybody went to the oscars wearing like something like armani or something you know very safe and pretty and nothing controversial so then it took this turn where it got like a little boring and then everybody sort of got out of that and got braver again like, I think when you say that of some of like Cher's early Oscar stuff or like Bjork's swan dress, like that's where my mind goes for the Oscars. Well, even where... before that, I remember, um, I remember one year Kim Basinger made her own dress and Demi Moore made her own dress or, I mean, I don't think they sewed them, but they said they designed their outfit. Interesting. Do you get starstruck? I mean, you've worked with so many people. You've attended all these award shows. Like, is that, do you have that in you? Like where you meet somewhere where you're just like, oh, wow. Well, it depends. You know, um, I mean, I always thought like Salma Hayek was really cool. And she was at the Met. She was one of the hosts of the Met, you know, one year. So I was happy to meet her, but she was really cool. And I have to say, I was thrilled to meet Angelina Jolie too you know, especially after having dressed her. So I felt like I had a little connection. What is working with Angelina like, or just meeting her like? Well, you know, um, she was very sweet, very nice. And she was a little more low key than I anticipated. And she wasn't as tall as I anticipated. I mean, I really thought she was going to be 5'10", you know, because she looks like she's like 5'10 in the movies and everything. But um, yeah, no, she was very nice. Who do you think is some of like the best dressed like men and women 
Because the guys have, I feel, really stepped up their game as of late. Oh, don't ask me about men. I think they're all dressing really silly these days. You do? Yeah. Like who? You know who I'm talking about. (laughs) I could think of one in particular, maybe two. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, probably them. (laughs) But, um, you know, everybody loves Zendaya these days. She looks, she's so cool and looks amazing. And always loved Rihanna. What is the biggest mistake you think like people make in fashion? Like not even just celebrities, like when they're, you know, just dressing themselves, picking something out, buying it. Just what do you think is the biggest mistake like a consumer makes? I don't know. I guess putting too much on. Like too many things on. I mean, I guess it's that old expression about take the last accessory off. But I I think a lot of people like put too much crap on. I could see that. And are you like, you know, like you look at like a doctor, a doctor doesn't want to walk around and, you know, like diagnose people all day. Like when you're out and about in Sag Harbor, eating at La Biblioque or in the city, like, do you just by default, like, look at what people are wearing? I mean, one couldn't blame you. It's your business. Is that always? Well, you know, certainly in the Hamptons, you see a lot of cute girls dressed in like cute clothes. So, um, yeah. I mean, obviously, you know, Bill Bouquet on a Sunday. Yeah, everybody's like dressed in a very cute dress. Yeah, that's always fun. They enforce their dress code there (laughs) to some extent. Yeah, no flip-flops. The Hamptons has its own set of style, right? Is there one or two celebrities that you would just love to work with? Like if someone said, you know, who, who would you love to dress? Like maybe... Well, I think right now Zendaya would be a cool person to to dress, but uh, um, I, I just can't think she, of anybody who's really on my radar right now. She's so style forward. I, I I would agree. What is the biggest, what do you think, misperception about the fashion industry? You know, like there's so many people that want to get into this industry. Like, what do you think is just the biggest misperception that people have? I, don't know. I mean, I guess they think it's all glamorous, but it's not even though it does have its glamorous aspects. I mean, it's, uh, you know, it's a lot of work and it's a lot of decision-making and there's a lot of, a lot of tough decisions to make all along the way. And there's, there's also, um, I don't know. I just, I don't know. I, I, I think there's a lot of difficulties in it. People don't see because it's, it's, it's very difficult for everybody to be always be on the same page. And I mean, from everything, from like your powder maker to your salesperson, it's like, you know, your powder maker may want to change your thing. And they, she says, oh, I can't make it that way. And I go, well, you have to make it that way. And so that's one thing. And then the salesperson saying, well, I can't sell that, but, you know, do this to it. You know, so you're always, <clears throat> I don't know, always trying to sort of make everybody happy, but still um, maintain your integrity. That, that makes a lot of sense to me. What's your feeling on shows like Project like Project Runway and, you know, the reality, well, really Project Runway is probably the most notorious one in the fashion industry. You know, has that helped? Like, do these shows work anymore? Just curious what well, your opinion is. I mean, is. I, I just, I only see that like Christian Siriano has been like their big success. So, I mean, the thing is like shows like American Idol have had a lot of, created a lot of stars, um, so I would like to see Project Runway, you know, maybe create more real businesses out of it. 
I kind of feel the same way. I mean, I think because what I do, I can name certain people, but I think the average person says Christian Seriano and that's about it, I would think. Yeah. yeah. Right. And I mean, I don't know if it's also diluted like now, just with all these reality shows that like our competitions that they're in such an advanced season that there's just been so many people that have, I, I don't, I'm not sure. But I mean, that might yeah. have something to do with it too. I once read in an article, I don't know when this was, but you said like the Nicole Miller style is like you are dressing the uptown girl who wants to hang out downtown. Well, I, I kind of, I know that's how it's gotten to be, but I really said I was, it was based on me because I was always the uptown downtown girl and I live downtown, but would hang out with I would have uptown friends and downtown friends. And when I was single, I had like the uptown boyfriend to go to those kind of events and the downtown boyfriend to go to the art events. <laughs> so I always felt like I was the uptown downtown girl because I was always moving between those circles. And somehow it's gotten to be the uptown girl with a downtown attitude, but it didn't originate that way. Everyone who listens to this podcast always tells me I have attitude, but now I also have attitude. That's right. Literally attitude. You know, attitude as in the sheets that are eco-friendly. They're made from a hundred percent bamboo. Everyone who knows me knows that I have a hard time sleeping. I want sheets that are comfortable. I want sheets that are affordable. I don't want to break the bank. And look, it's also, you want to do something good for the environment, right? Attitude sheets are made without toxic chemicals, which means they use 99% less water than cotton. Now you're probably saying to yourself, you want sheets that are comfortable. Oh my God. These are as comfortable as silk sheets. I'm one of those people that always wanted silk sheets. But listen, have you ever looked at the cost of silk sheets? I found that I sleep better at night. And listen, if you think I can do this podcast five days a week without a good night's sleep, this requires a lot of energy. It's not all coffee, guys. So listen, right now you can get 20% off your order plus free shipping when you visit attitude.com slash velvet rope and enter promo code velvet rope. Remember, that's attitude, E-T-T-I-T-U-D-E. Order today for free shipping and 20% off your entire order at attitude.com slash velvet rope and enter promo code velvet rope and you will start sleeping better today. It was, it was really, you were talking it was, about It was the yourself. downtown girl who was hanging out uptown. <laughs> so that's, it's reversed now. What are your, do you have favorite restaurants in New York City? Like what are some of your favorites? Oh, well, I'm, you know, Indochine, Balthazar, Pestis, and uh, uh, Bill Bouquet, of course. But those are my four mainstays that I go to all the time. It's so funny how we're all like that way in New York. We have like so many options and we all have like our favorites, right? That you just attend yeah. all the time. Yeah. I get it. Um, is there something in the business that you haven't accomplished? I mean, you've done so much. Like, is there something like kind of on your agenda that you really want to accomplish in the fashion industry? Well, you, you know, there's always like a lot of loose ends and, you know, we're trying to, you know, we have a new handbag licensee and I'm trying to make that like look really great. So, um, so mostly I, I think just, you know, some of our licensed products I'm trying to fine tune right now. What about working for with, Yes. Oh, oh no, no. And then, you know, we're always working with different collaborations. We have a couple of um, ideas for collaborations in the future. So um, that could be fun. And um, also, you know, I, I've, I've really liked doing all these um, overseas fashion weeks that I've done over time. Like I did one in Colombia and I did one in New Zealand and we did one in um, the Dominican Republic. We did one in Mexico. We've done a lot of those. So wow, that'd be fun to still keep doing more of those. 
Is there a favorite country that you've been to for Fashion Week outside the U.S.? Oh, well, um, Colombia was great. Yeah, yeah, Colombia was great. How do you think... I've been to, I've been to, before COVID, I was at 55 countries and now I've kind of been stagnant. I've got to start leaving, but Colombia is a great place. Did you go to Cartagena? Yes. Yes. It's just, there's talk about influences, right? There's so many influences there and just like, so picturesque and And the food's amazing. The food is amazing. I, I think most of South America I've had like just such great food in, but now that the world is open, I think it's time to start traveling again. Yeah, absolutely. How do you feel Fashion Week here has changed throughout the years from when it first started? Um, well, when I started, there was only about 40 shows and they were not in one central location. It was it was kind of fun because, um, well, before I had fashion shows, I would go to other shows and it was kind of fun running around the city to, to go to these different places. And then... Um, which is actually where I picked, I picked a spot that where I went to a fashion show to have my first fashion show, which was this club that was called Laura Bell's in the West forties. I don't know what it is now, but we had our first, I think two shows there. That was a really cute little spot. Um, But I don't know, then they started doing like the tents and then everything got to be like bigger. And then the tents moved around now it's at spring studios. And then they brought in a lot of international designers, a lot of foreign designers show here too. <clears throat> and then there used to be just one show per hour. Now, if you look at the schedule, there's like two or three shows per hour. So um, there's a lot of conflicting times. A lot of conflicting times. People are running between shows. As a non-person in the industry, everyone's trying to get into certain shows. It's really become kind of like a thing, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I feel that, like, I know a lot of people and then like, as it gets closer, you just feel that like frenetic energy of, right. Like what show are you going to go to? How are you going to get there? Am I getting in? It's all of that to kind of like, but it's just, that to me is so different. Yeah. It's pandemonium. (laughs) It's definitely pandemonium. What was working with Cindy Lauper like in designing for one of her world tours? Well, you know, you know, it's funny. I spent a lot of time with her. Like some of these other celebrities is more like, you know, just a few times, but I've spent a lot of time with her and, you know, we've hung out and done a lot of things and um, she's great. She always knows exactly what she wants. So she's very, very like specific about what she wants. But um, one time I was in the middle of getting ready for fashion week. I think it was like the night before and I'm at the office and it's like 10 o'clock at night. She calls me and she goes, we're coming to get you. And I said, what? She goes, I'm downstairs. I'm coming to get you. Come down. So she pulls up in a limo with like, she's with a couple of girlfriends and I hop in the limo and she pulls out a bottle of champagne and we drive around the city for a while (laughs) and drink champagne. And then she drops me back at the office, like after midnight or something. It was really fun, but it was so thoughtful of her. You know, she just felt like I needed a break. And one time she came over and styled me. I was going out. She's like, oh, you're not wearing that. She'd like my makeup. She styled my outfit. (laughs) So we used to have a lot of time, a lot of fun times together. So she, she was great. See, she's what I think of like the uptown girl, Upper West Side, who is a downtown woman. Yeah. And she's really like, I always say girls just want to have fun. And, you know, that's just, you know, I always like, I always reiterate that, you know, I just want to show that girl who just wants to have fun. How would you describe your own personal style and how you dress? Well, you know, I go through phases. I was sort of like in my 
pants stage for a long time and I've been wearing skirts now, but um, I don't know. It's just like, it's the good girl, bad girl up down downtown. And uh, you know, it's a little bit of a tough edge, you know, it's a little girly, add something tough to it. And I always have a sense of humor on. I'm, wear, I'm wearing my gummy bear today. I love that. And I think gummy bears are much better as jewelry than eaten. <laughs> I love that. I'm like obsessed with like sugar candy and especially gummy bears. So that's, do you have one accessory, which is kind of like your go-to? Like, are you like a watch person, like a necklace person? Like, is there one accessory and, or one item that you're well, just kind of Well, I have a lot of cool necklaces of ours with all our little icons on and I wear them a lot. You know, they'll have the Hamza and the evil eye. And actually that's what this sweater has everything on it. It's got oh, the Hamza, wow. the Ankh, and there's an evil eye somewhere. Oh, here's the evil eye. <laughs> oh, wow. I love that. Oh, and there's a thread. You can tell. I noticed I'm this. in the workroom threads. <laughs> I love that. I, I like noticed this as soon as we started talking, but wow. How do you think like social media, like you mentioned, like you get a lot of DMs, like has social media had such a impact on the fashion industry or am I overemphasizing yeah, that? It's just crazy. I just remember like when we first got Instagram and, you know, I mean, who would have thought it just went as far as it did, but it, it's just so crowded these days. It's just a really crowded room. It's and, a really and, like, crowded. I used to go and like, like everything and I'd go through and every day and like, you know, I do now and then. I mean, I try to keep up, but it's it's a hard thing to keep up. And there's just so, so, you know, I like my personal Instagram because it's a little more personal. It's like more seeing what like my friends are doing. Yeah, it's it's a full-time job, right? Yeah, for sure. I used to do that. And then you just get to the point where like, I just have to let go. And I'm just, I'm going to miss a lot of things because there's nothing the I can thing, do. the other thing, they change their algorithm all the time. So, and then you keep seeing the same person all the time and you go like, well, I had to start unfollowing people because they would be like every fifth picture. And I go, well, I don't really don't care that much about this person. <laughs> There's the Instagram algorithm is so strange to me. I, I can't figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I never, never anybody I want to see is on the top. So what, how do you feel like reality TV? You know, like you look at like the Kardashians and like, you know, the way they dress, like, I mean, they're just the biggest I mean, I think they're the most famous family other than the royal family are probably equal. Like, do you think they've impacted fashion? Oh, for sure. They've totally impacted fashion. I mean, that's and I how? Mean, everybody is like dressing. They they've they've even changed the like the, the shape of girls, like what the ideal is, you know. Do you think they right to the fact that they've changed the shape? Because like you said, like model models are now all, I mean, it's all shapes and sizes. Like, do you think it's kind of attributed to the success of the Kardashians? Because I could see no, that. I, ju I just think um, everybody, it's, it's changed everybody's kind of vision of like beauty or, you know, everybody's idea of what's sexy, what's not sexy. I mean, before everybody just aspired to be skinny, right? And that was everybody's idea was to be, you know, thin or you know, reasonably thin or, or, and not particularly curvy. So, I mean, I think it's changed everybody's idea of, you know, what the ideal for beauty is. I would think so too. And what about like, you know, celebrities like what like Kim Kardashian with Skims or like, you know, Mary Kay and Ashley, like with the row, I mean, these are, I mean, how do you feel about someone that's kind of known for one thing and now gets into the game? Well, you know, I mean, everybody always asks me like, oh, you know, um, what's your advice to aspiring designers? 
And I go, well, it'd be help if you could like sing, you know, <laughs> and, or if you could do a porn video or something, you know, all those things could help. But no, actually I do tell people that they, um, you know, it doesn't help to get a job at Vogue first or to become a stylist first. And I feel like all those people that have done other things have an easier shot of breaking into fashion than somebody who goes to design school. So I feel bad for the kids that have gone to design school and they just think they're going to come out and design. And then, you know, they're in competition with all these influencers and actresses and singers and all these other brands. And it's, you know, it's going to be very hard for these kids coming out of design school today to make it as a designer if they don't have some other angle. Right. And you really think it's easier, like if you are a singer or some big influencer and kind of go or a reality star and kind of go that route first. Yeah, or, or, you know, or I've been a magazine editor or, uh, you know, or even like a lot of stylists are starting their own clothing lines. So I, I think that um, it's going to be a challenge for the, the most a lot of the, the people coming out of design schools. I, I, I could see that. What about to that point, the modeling industry? I mean, you know, you mentioned like Naomi and, you know, Linda Evangelista and Christy Turlington back in the day. And like, now you have like the Gigi's and the Kendall's and. Well, now it's, it's the only girls that are really making it big or having that like celebrity um, authenticity or whatever, you know, the celebrity child. Right. Like Amelia Gray and, you know even Bella. So it's like, it feels like that's changed to me a lot too. Right. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you need to be more than just pretty, but I mean, I see a lot of these gorgeous girls come in and, and the idea of, you know, like the all American pretty girl just doesn't cut it anymore. So they are looking for exotic and also these girls that are connected. That's been a big help too. So what advice would you give to someone that wants to break into the fashion industry? Got to be unique. Got to be unique. You know, I always remember, um, you know, when Karen Allison came on the scene and she was like on the cover of Women's Wear Daily in this short red bob. Of course, I like redheaded models, but but anyway, I saw her on the cover and I'm like, oh, my God, she's amazing. I have to have this girl. I have to have this girl. She's just so cool. And so when I got her in my fashion show and I said, where have you been? I never saw you before. And she goes, well, she goes, I was around, but nobody ever paid attention to me. But she, she said, I kept trying different things. And she actually cut her hair off and did the bangs and the red hair. And then all of a sudden, everybody took notice of her. And um, I don't remember what she looked like before, but that really just, you know, she made herself unique. And uh, that's how she made it. And that's she's really- still, I mean, she's a great model. And, but I thought that was really clever of her. I would agree. And I totally remember that. What about speaking of Sag Harbor when we first started, you know, I live right down the street from your good friend, Countess Luann. There's a lot of housewives, people that listen to this. Are you on John street? I'm not on John street. I'm right in the village. I'm on Washington right across from the theater. Oh, I live. I I don't, I'm one of these people who people don't think it's possible. I do the Hamptons without having a car. I don't drive, nor do I want to drive. It is possible. So I live in town. Oh, perfect. But right near, so you're, near John you're opposite the theater. Is that the side? You street? know, yeah, that side street right opposite the movie theater. Oh, towards the watch case factory. Yes. Is that the street? Yeah. Yes. Right there. So it's the center of town. Oh, perfect. 
It's great. I mean, yes, it's a great place to be. I was ready to come back to New York after five months. I left, I think, three times this summer. I just really, you know how it is. It's hard. Yeah. It's hard to go back and forth, I feel, for right. people do it. How did you become such good friends with Miss Luann de Lesseps? I know you guys, I've, I've met you once, actually, at one of her shows upstairs in the green room. Oh, well, yeah, yeah. That was yeah. fun. That was fun. Um, yeah. And Candace is there too. Candace Bushnell's around there too. Yes. Um, yeah. We're all good friends and we like have lunch every Sunday, but I actually knew Luann long before she um, was in the housewives. So, um, you know, I, I just known her from the Hamptons and, um, you know, I'd had dinner at her house, our, her son and my son were friendly and they'd have play dates together and that sort of thing. So I've known her for a, a long before she started doing the housewives are you shocked at like how big you know i'm sure you know you went to her cabaret you saw like the housewives it's a yes. huge thing are you shocked at like like just having a friend and now you know how, how big this thing has become well what well the first person i heard it from was ramona because ramona used to work in this building or you know and uh i used to run into ramona in my lobby all the time and then she Ramona said, oh, I'm doing this housewife show. And I go, oh, that sounds like really weird. <laughs> and then all those other girls signed on. But uh, I remember like back when she was just, you know, deciding to be in it or anyway, she was like, you know, one of the first. Um, anyway, I, it's just, um, yeah, that uh, the housewives have wings and legs. You know, <laughs> It's just going on for forever. But Luann is the nicest person on the planet and she is a goddess. She's absolutely just beautiful and she's in incredibly good shape and just couldn't be a nicer person. I a hundred percent agree. I tell people that all the time, like one of the absolute nicest from the housewives yeah, franchise, a hundred percent. She's just so, you know, kind all the time. You know, people joke class with the countess. I'm like, it's a real thing. Like she knows social grace and like, it's, which is a good thing. It, like it makes you, you're treating people really nicely. Yeah, yeah. She's great. And her kids are great. I'm one of her, her, I'm her daughter worked for me for a while and was super talented. Do you, I mean, you know, throughout the years, they turn to housewives and they say, you know, it's 13 seasons when Luann's been on, you know, they say, well, who can you suggest and who can you suggest? Has Luann ever suggested your name throughout the years as a potential real housewife? Of New oh, no, oh, no, 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 no. Cause I that totally would not be doing that. No, it's not for you. No, 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 no. No interest in a reality TV career. No, no, but you know, those girls, like they have such big personalities and I'm just not like that like Sonia is larger than life and Ramona is larger than life and I mean they, they can all talk a mile a minute and I would be like <laughs> no I it just it just wouldn't be my thing it moves fast right did you know Luann had this cabaret in her I mean this is a real thing housewives she does aside. a great job she does a great job it's really impressive yeah yeah um, I know she's doing a new show. She and I think Sonia have a new show coming up. I'm not sure what it is. It's kind of like a simple life. I don't know if you know that show with Paris and Nicole, like way back in the day, Paris Hilton. It's kind of like a fish out of water. Uh -huh. Luann and Sonia, they filmed it already. They go to like smaller rural towns throughout the U.S. and show up and, you know, meet the local men and kind of make their way and kind of like a fish out of water it's yeah because because I know Luann was gone for a while last summer filming it yeah she missed out on some ladies lunches 
it was well they're doing like a reboot now of the real housewives of new york and they just announced the cast this past weekend do you know like jenna lyons i mean she used to be that really shocked me i was surprised she would do that that it's weird they're adding like seven new people it's they're kind of like moving the Luans and the Sonyas to what they call a legacy show. And they've kind of recasted the whole thing and they're starting over. Wow. Which is, uh, I was personally shocked at the name channel. I mean, I know like I was shocked myself. Yeah. It doesn't seem like her thing, but. You didn't think she would be into something like this. No, but it's going to make me want to watch it at least once. (laughs) Do you know, like, Lizzie Savetsky? Like, she's also, like, a... I don't know her personally, but we did something with her. Like, she she did some Instagram thing for us because we were selling clothes at Neiman's. And so she did, a like, a post for us. So I, I am familiar with her. I know she is. To me, she seemed more like, okay, like, she does a lot of the social media and oh, influencing. Oh, perfect. 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 I think she's but, perfect. But I thought she was based in Texas, not here. I thought the exact same thing. I think she split her time. I mean, my understanding was she was in the mix at one point for the Real Housewives of Dallas when they were recasting that. But I think she's here now. So yeah, there you go. But yeah, I, 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 I was perfect for that. I thought she seemed perfect. In Jenna Lyons, I was like, wow, I wouldn't have. She just seems more reserved to me, so to speak. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you look back at the beginning of your career, like what advice would you give to yourself? Well, um, I don't know. I mean, you know, one thing I, I, I think I don't, I'd sometimes I would be unhappy with something I'd go, okay, for now. And I think you should always never say, okay, for now, it's kind of like dating. And if you're dating a guy and like, oh, he's okay for now, it's not okay. So if you feel that way about your boyfriend, cut him out. <laughs> and, and, and if, the, you know, I felt like there's sometimes in like my business, I would be putting up with something and they're saying, well, it's okay for now, whatever. And it's not. So you should just sort of, um, I don't know, just have belief in yourself and if something and your gut instincts and if, if something is that, if you feel that way about something, you have to change it sooner rather than later. That's good advice. Like when does okay for now with anything really ever work out the way you want right? it to? Never, never. Not when you're dating someone, not with a friend that you're having issues with, not with a business. It's really never. Okay. And as we kind of wind down, like, how do you think like you have changed as a designer, a businesswoman over the years from when you first started? Well, you know, I have to say, you know, I have a lot of experience, but sometimes, um, you know, I feel like I'm still learning things and you know, one thing that the longer you've been doing something, you can get into a rut and you kind of go, oh, well, that never sells or that never sold. And then I'll have my, you know, assistants go, oh, but it's, the, you know, it's the newest color. It's the latest thing. It's whatever, blah, blah, blah. And so sometimes I have to just, you know, say, okay, I'm not going to go with like my, you know, <laughs> experience. I'm going to go with the experiment rather than the experience because, you know, you know, I, I feel like I can get stubborn because I feel like I've tried everything. So I have to sort of sometimes like sit back and like let somebody else do that because, um, you know, you just you sort of are dealing with your history all the time. And sometimes you have to just ignore your history. 
And then has that worked out for you? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes they'll push me to do something and they'll say color is going to sell, which I said never sold, but this year it sells. So things do change. I love and, that. I mean, I did this dress on Christy Turlington in my second or third show. And it's the hottest dress in the market today, but it was, you know, a slip dress with the cutouts on the side. Everybody's making that dress. We couldn't sell that for the life of us in like 1990. It was too bare, too risque, whatever. And then I brought it back a couple other times, could not sell it. And these dresses are selling all over the place now. And it just annoys me. <laughs> it was like, I did it first. <laughs> you did it first. And like, looking back, you're like, would I ever have predicted this would be a thing? Uh, well, you know, I mean, like, and, and the way like clothes are like so naked these days, you know, cutouts every which way and everything. And, um, you know, there's this one show I did, I think it was like spring 93. And we did all these dresses with crazy cutouts and asymmetrical and everything. And of course they didn't sell, but they would sell really well today. That's a good point. That is a good point. Anything else you want to cover that I didn't cover that I like to give people a chance at the end to bring up anything at all you want, anything you're working on that I didn't discuss? Well, just, um, you know, it's our 40th year in business and we are planning a big, big retrospective show. We did one last summer in the Hamptons um, and it was sort of like a mini one. And then we were going to do it in October, but we just kind of didn't get our act together. So we're probably going to do it in February and show all these things from the archives closet. I saw that. And you also did get the Fashion Icon Award for Hamptons Fashion Week. Yes. Recently. That was fun. Is there something in the archives that you're most excited for people to see? Well, there's, there's a lot of cool things. I mean, one of my favorite things... Um, and we showed it in the Hamptons too, but I would show it again. It's this macrame dress, hand on macrame dress that was on Carla Bruni. Wow. And, yeah. And um, yeah, do you want to grab the picture of it? I could show you the picture, but it's on the desk up there. Yeah, I'll definitely look I'm at gonna, it. I'm going to just grab the picture. I saw a lot of the pictures from the Hamptons from the retrospective, but I would love to see it. Yeah. So you can't yeah, picture it. Just it happens to be on the desk. Oh, perfect. It's within uh, grabbing. Uh, <laughs> You're prepared. Oh, wow. Can you see? Oh, wow. Yeah. And I always loved Carla Bruni. I mean, and this is a full, you know, it's macrame all the way to the ground. Wow. Sorry about the reflection. No, no. Oh, it's you're in the reflection. Yeah, <laughs> no, it super, looks. Super imposed. I need to like. No, anyway, it looks. She was a fabulous girl. She was always a nice model to work with. You know, I mean, sometimes there was an occasional bitchy one, but she was really nice. And that dress is really, really cool. I guess, you know, have you had a lot of experience, like when you do have like a model that's not really cooperating and just kind of putting them back on track? Well, the funny thing, one story, this, this model came in and she had been in the Gucci show and she was completely full of herself completely full of herself and she was like I was in the Gucci show and blah 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 and she was Miss Attitude but I she was brand new I mean it'd been like her first or second season and I see the video she chewed gum all the way up and down the runway <laughs> can you believe it anyway of course we never used her again but nobody else did either like her was her like one one big season and she was nobody I never saw her again in anybody's show so she must have given a lot of people attitude it's like humility, people. It's like a skill, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Well, so February, that sounds great. You're going to be rolling that out. You'll have to come. I will need to come. I'm right down the street. I will not be in the Hamptons in February. Well, where can everyone follow you on Instagram that doesn't already? I'll share your socials when this comes out too. Nicole Miller, NYC. Thank you. I've really appreciated this. I followed your career since the beginning and it was just a pleasure to sit down and chat with you. Well, great to talk to you too. Thank you. See you in Sag Harbor. See you in Sag Harbor. I'll tell Luann hello if I speak to her first, but something tells me you'll speak to her first. So tell her I said hi. (laughs) Will do. Take care, Nicole. Okay, bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to yet another episode of Behind the Velvet Rope. Because without you listeners, I would just be a crazy person with voices in my head. And if you like what you hear, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe on Apple Podcasts under Behind the Velvet Rope. And when you're done subscribing, feel free to leave a five-star write-up review because the write-up reviews actually count. We read each and every one of them. We post the best ones and the reviews really help our shows keep going. And we really appreciate everything you guys say, especially the positive ones. And if you want to find us online, we're at Behind Velvet Rope on Instagram. We are at David Yontef on Instagram. We're behind the Velvet Rope on Apple Podcasts. Or head on over to Patreon because you know what? There are just some things we can't talk about here. So for our bonus episodes, go to Patreon and type in Behind the Velvet Rope. And if you still aren't sick of me and you want more David, go to Cameo and book me on Cameo. And you can ask me anything there. I'll answer whatever you want. And I have a bargain basement price of $10. Thank you, guys. See you soon. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com.